Are you ready to stop telling yourself all the things you're not and see all the ways you already are who you one day hope to be? In this space, there's no more waiting for things to change. We tap into powerful decision-making to create exactly what we want for ourselves in our lives at home. Deciding that you're a good mum, as defined by you, is where we start. I'm Jo, and I'll be sharing how I replace being busy trying to prove all the things with getting giddy about all that's possible for me as a stay-at-home mum of three. Hello and welcome to episode three, How Are You? I'm a little croaky this week and I'm also wondering over here, which version of you am I talking to today as you're listening to this? Is it the highest version of you, brave and open and motivated to take action on what I share here today? Or is it perhaps the most judgmental version of you who is fighting to stay small, driven not by love but by fear? Or... It could, of course, be any one of the many, many versions of you in between two. But what we are talking about today is your judge, or as I call her, your inner critic. That part of you that every other human on the planet also has inside of them, that has the power to shut down your love of learning, your openness to possibility, and your ability to see solutions because she wants only one thing, which is to keep you exactly the same right where you are now. Now, we don't need to go to war with our inner critics to try and overcome this. What we want to do instead is to show her, that part of you, all the love to bring her on board with the changes we want to make in our lives right now. And the first step to doing this is to give her a name to make it very clear to you that this is not you in your true essence that's speaking in this critical, mean voice. And I want you to show her some love by giving her a name that you like, a name you enjoy. So on that note, I'd like to introduce you to my inner critic. Everyone, please meet Edie. Now, I picked this name because it was my absolute favourite girl's name when I was first pregnant 10 years ago and trawling through endless baby name lists online But none of my three girls ever ended up with this name because my inner critic stepped in and took over the second I read a comment from some random person on the internet who said you can't call your baby Edie because it sounds like E-D. So that was that. See, nothing good ever comes from believing that you should go searching for other people's opinions instead of just listening to your own. And this is, of course, what your inner critic does. She doesn't just judge you and offer all the thoughts about how you're not a good enough mum, partner, friend, daughter, sister, neighbour, whatever else. She also judges other people and other things, whether those are baby names or the fact your partner works 80 hours a week or that your house needs renovating or that the workout at the gym is too hard. She has you telling yourself, I can only be happy when, over and over. So for example, I can only be happy when my partner gets that new job, or when we move house, or when my kids are all in school, or when I go back to work. But this is simply not true. This is a lie your inner critic tells you that you have believed all these years because everyone else around you is busy believing it too. And complaining and waiting and getting through, never once realising that we are the only ones in control of how we feel and that we can, of course, be happy right now exactly as we are. 
So, once you've settled on a name for her, the next thing you want to do is really understand what your inner critic is and how she got to be in your head in the first place. She is not your intuition, although it's completely understandable why you may think that when she seems to be calling the shots on what you do and what you don't go for in life. But she has served you many times over back in your childhood when you needed her. Now, this might sound like it makes no sense because we all know that the voice of our inner critic is mean and that she fills our heads with thoughts that hurt us and that she often leads us into actions that stop us from going for what we want. So um, how exactly has she ever been helpful? Well, we created our inner critic at a time in our childhood when we needed protection. We felt at some critical point in our development that in order to survive, we had to be a certain way and act a certain way to keep ourselves safe. So our inner critic came into being to remind us of this every single time she sensed we needed it. And I'll share a couple of examples from my childhood here. I remember as a young kid standing in a circle organised by the teacher in my classroom and getting the giggles. I was a giggly child and I had a friend who would always just set me off and then we'd keep each other going and end up giggling uncontrollably. The more we fought it, the more we giggled, of course, as we all do. And I was warned several times to stop before the teacher yanked me roughly from the circle and made me stand facing the wall for the rest of the class. Now that, of course, did not feel safe to me at all. I'd been removed from the group and the primitive part of our brains very much needs to belong to a group because at one time... Being ousted from your tribe meant certain death, as you then travelled the wilderness looking for food and shelter alone. And I also had no clue what punishment awaited me after that class. So I was very scared and I learned in that moment that being silly, giddy, even too joyful was not safe for me. And that quickly turned into you being who you are is a problem and you're so annoying and you're bothering people. All the sorts of mean thoughts that stop you from showing up in the world authentically as you truly are. And here's another example from my teenage years now. I used to get a lift or a ride home from a teacher after choir practice at school with my very good friend. And one time I went to go to the bathroom while they were packing up and I bumped into my favourite teacher. I was happily chatting away with him and so I was late meeting up with the choir teacher to go home. And my friend told me later that that teacher had said to her in utter exasperation that Joe needs to sort herself out sometimes. So as a teenager with no mobile phones back then, my survival did depend on that teacher. I had no way of getting home in the dark without her. So to protect myself from possible future abandonment and harm, my inner critic developed this narrative of you are such a mess. Just a chaotic, disorganised, late mess of a person who can't sort herself out to save her life, literally. And that's the story I was constantly telling myself from then on, continuously reminding myself of this fact as I saw it in order to try to keep myself safe. It didn't matter that I got very good grades, an excellent degree, I moved to two different countries, I held down jobs, I got married, I had kids... That story was there on repeat, you're such a mess, for 25 years. And until I started working with a life coach about two years ago now, I hadn't even been aware that this was a story at all. I thought it was simply a fact about me that just existed in the world. And of course, what happens when your belief about you is that you're a mess? 
Naturally, there's a lack of belief in yourself, there's thoughts about how you're simply not capable, and story after story of how if you could just figure out how to fix yourself, then you could finally, finally have everything you want and be happy. What's interesting here is that we never think as kids to rebel against the adults in our lives who say these things about us. And that's because this would be an even bigger threat to our safety and survival to believe that the people taking care of us had no clue what they were doing and were just spouting utter nonsense all the time. Our lives were literally in their hands, so it was much safer for us to believe that they were perfect and right and always knew exactly what was what. It seemed much wiser to just keep reminding ourselves of all the ways we were wrong and all the ways we should not be the way we were so we could work on being less that way. But what I want you to remember here is that you are no longer a child. You are not reliant on other adults to take you places or cook you food or keep you alive. You are now extremely well-resourced and you always, always have your own back no matter what the situation or circumstance. And you are no longer wanting to just survive and get through as you were back then. You are now all about thriving in a life at home that you create for yourself to love. So here's what we're going to do from now on when that familiar critical voice comes up. First, we want to notice that she's here and know that she's shown up because she intends to take over. She wants you to survive this moment you're in, and she has plenty of evidence that knocking you down and keeping you small is what keeps you surviving. You are, after all, still alive after many, many years of her doing things this way. And her determination to keep you from making any changes and taking any risks is so strong that you may be thinking you have very little chance of being able to overcome her, But remember here that she is never going to be as clever as you. The only words she has at her disposal are the words she heard used against you back when you were a kid. She can only ever parrot them on repeat. She doesn't have any new tricks up her sleeve. Once you become aware of this and aware of her specific words, those words will slowly start to lose their power. And when you team this awareness with the understanding that being mean and tough and rough with yourself will never help you do better or be better tomorrow, you can start to relax a little in your inner critic's presence to stop taking her words so seriously and become more fascinated, really, by the whole thing rather than beaten down. Because when you are taking that criticism seriously, when you're exposed to it all day long in your own head and there's no escaping it, you will find yourself going into the fight-flight survival state as you experience being under attack. And when you're constantly under this internal threat, everything else you see as a problem in your life becomes magnified too. So all the clutter all over the floor and the dishes in the sink and the empty fridge and the piles and piles of laundry just become more and more evidence that stay-at-home motherhood is just too much for you to handle. So then you retreat to escape the threat, often into your phone and to endless scrolling. And then all this does is then create more reasons for you to berate yourself. Now you're not only a terrible mum, but you're also a time waster and let's throw neglectful in there and lazy too. But none of this is true and none of this is who you are. This is simply how your nervous system responds to being under threat in the moment. 
So next time this happens, I want you to follow my very simple process to help bring you out of the mean thoughts your inner critic is offering in your head and into your body for a few moments. This will serve as a brief pattern interrupt and allow you to access the very wise part of you, your favourite version of you, that knows exactly how you want to show up in whatever situation you find yourself in. And it also builds your belief that you have all the answers you need. Not your inner critic, who you can bank on at this point to always be saying, don't try, don't risk it, stay small and stay confused. So first, I want you to pause when you become aware of the mean words of your inner critic starting up in your head. Then lay your hand on your cheek for comfort and really focus on the sensations of your fingers and palm touching your face. Pay really close attention here to how that touch feels And if you don't like touching your face, you can rub two fingertips together or focus on all the pressure points of your feet pushing into the floor. Then ask yourself if what your inner critic is telling you in that moment is true or if what she's telling you to do is what you want to be doing, given that there are changes in your life you're wanting to make right now. Remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. So always ask yourself if the way she's telling you to show up is serving the next version of you that you have already decided to be. And finally, remind yourself not to take any of this too seriously at all and make the effort to shift into a more playful mindset here, by which I mean be curious and creative and connecting and cultivating possibility rather than seeing things in the very black and white terms we usually do. And I like to use the acronym PLAY for this to help me remember. So P is for pause, L is for lay your hand on your cheek, A is for ask yourself if what your inner critic is saying is true, and Y is for yield a different result with a playful, curious mindset. And I have to add here that play itself, by which I mean doing something that lights you up, like dancing is for me, will also prove incredibly useful because when you're in a play state, you must, by definition, feel safe. And when you not only feel safe, but also lit up by being in that most genuine, authentic version of you, then you naturally start to feel more confident and capable. And as you spend more time here and as this confidence grows, the quicker you begin to notice your inner critic when she shows up. So what will initially start with you noticing only after she's wreaked a havoc on your day will soon become you noticing during her takeover until finally you'll be noticing her voice as soon as it pops up and then you can say, oh, there you are, and know that she's here to do her job of bringing up all your negative emotions, so fear, stress, anger, shame and unhappiness to keep you safely stuck. And this awareness allows you to step in and speak to yourself out of love over the fear and to feel all the openness, bravery and expansion that naturally comes with that. And yes, of course you'll still feel scared to try new things in life. We don't want to expect that we will never feel fear at all because we're human after all. But it will be that excited kind of fear that unmistakably lets you know that this new thing is for you. It's meant for you in some way and that's why it's showing up here for you now. You can choose to follow the path you're being pulled towards if you're only willing to try, to experiment, to learn from the outcomes that you see, to apply what you've learned and then to try, try again. 
This is not so scary after all when you have lots and lots of love and compassion for yourself rather than layer upon layer of criticism and self-judgment. And that's what you want to show your inner critic to, not by employing tactics she herself would use, like maybe shouting her down or trying to silence her completely, but by loving her as part of you, letting her know that you appreciate everything she's done to protect you and telling her firmly that you've got this now, you can take it from here, and then creating a stack of undeniable proof that you are now showing up in safety as the person you've decided you want to be. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You'll be glad to know that Edie and I are now firm friends. I still invite her along on all my ventures, but only I get to sit in the driver's seat these days. For more stories about my journey, come and join me over on Instagram at joyful.mama. That's joy, F-U-L-L dot mama, M-A-M-A. And please do share this podcast with a friend so we can get more mums choosing exactly what they want for themselves in their lives at home.